Standing in that room, looking at the fear in the eyes of Gavilar's guests, made the pain and the memories particularly acute today. He was better on some days, others felt like today. He needed a stiff drink from his wine cabinet. <sighs> Unfortunately, as he rounded through the curved corridor, he smelt incense in the air. Coming from his rooms? <sighs> Renarin was burning it again. Dalinar pulled up, as if he'd run up against something solid, and then turned on his heels and walked away. It was too late, unfortunately. That scent... That scent was her. Heroes of presents The Storm Pod, a Stormlight Archive podcast. Book 3, Oathbringer. This is just a quick spoiler warning for chapters 88 and 89 of Oathbringer. If you haven't caught up on your reading or you've picked the wrong episode, make sure you go back and do though. uh, Do do though. Do though. I'm going to leave that in. You know what? Screw it. This is what we do. Sometimes we make mistakes and we leave it in. Because I really had nothing else prepared for this spoiler warning. So this now becomes the thing that I had prepared. So fuck it. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Sean Q, and he just got drunk with a very odd homeless man who seems to know a lot more than he's letting on. It's Jack. What's up? Uh, how are you? And and yes, I, I have been drinking with the homeless man. Yeah, he uh, that homeless man seemed to know a lot of shit, eh? He seemed to like... Really did. Yeah. Really did. I've always, I, uh... I, I'll be honest, I'll be completely transparent with you. I don't know if this is supposed to be a character that we're supposed to know or Uh, who the Ahu. Ahu? Yeah. I've always thought he was somebody like he might've been someone before and right. And like he, and it's just like kind of like a breadcrumb or something for the future. I so, okay. So since you're one book ahead, Mm -hmm. so Ahu is not developed any further than necessarily. No, not that I, not that I noticed. <clears throat> Let's okay. put it this way, so, but I will say that it's very possible that our good friend Buzzkill Joe might illuminate the subject when we get to the end of the episode, uh-huh, because I haven't looked okay. ahead at the info dump, but he might have something to say about it. So put a little, put a little sphere on that one. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. So I love what you just said because I hadn't thought about, well, of course, when I, when the character was introduced in this chapter, I thought, okay, this is kind of cool. A beggar character. He always seems to have a bottle. Mm-hmm. So how, how does he get it? How does Which he get kind one? of interesting? Yeah. And it's always, it's not like um, bad stuff. It's it's relatively good stuff. Some good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, so I found the character kind of interesting. He's kind of rambling and saying some strange sort of things mm-hmm. and Dalinar, I think, uh, comments, which is pretty funny, where he says, you, 
you need this more than I do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, kind of like, um, it, I think there's a difference between like rambling and there's, he says a couple of things that you're like, wait a minute. I know. That is something, isn't it? That it, it is something. Mm-hmm. So no, I, I shouldn't dismiss everything he said, but it just, it comes across as what? Like, I don't know. Like where Dalinar is like, I'm not really sure where you're coming from. Right. But because we're really the reader, we read it and we're like, oh, there's something, there's something to this guy. Mm-hmm. That is more than just a homeless dude. And I like that. And even if it's not, even if uh, Mr. Sanderson wrote it so that th- we would think that yeah. there was something to this guy and there actually isn't, I like that because it keeps us on our toes going like, oh, there was something about that guy. Like almost like a little red <laughs> yeah. herring kind of thing. You know what I mean? Well, I, I like what you said with regards to like him being somebody. Yeah. And what that what that made me think of is this is Dalinar in the future. This Could is be. what happens. This right, like, you're totally right. Maybe that's what it is. is. The tra- this mm. is the trajectory. Right. This is all you have left. Mm-hmm. Is this future where you've had so much pain and anguish and disappointment mm-hmm. at the end of your sword, at the end of your anger, and <clears throat> at the end of being the Blackthorn. And this is the only road left. Yeah. Is this lower area? I between like that. I like the that compost. a lot. Well, hey. Well, there you go. Well, I like you, that. You made me think that, of it because that it's possible that he isn't anyone, but that he could be what Dalinar is going to face in the future if he yeah. doesn't figure out how to quell these voices. Right. Right. I like that a lot. Like, like I said, I, um, I didn't notice whether or not this character had any significance in the next book. And mm-hmm. also largely, I know I've said this before in the show, but I try to stay away from the word of Brandon's where he, you know, he's being interviewed at a, like a convention and people will ask mm-hmm. him questions and he kind of devolves, you know, he, he divulges some secrets and, or he'll, oh, he? um, or the fandom will do some investigation and then largely the fandom agree that this theory that they have crafted is right because everyone agrees. I don't read that stuff. I've read the mm-hmm. books many times, but I don't, I, before the book, like before doing the show, I didn't mm-hmm. dive into the, the, the community in that way. So mm-hmm. it's possible people already know who this guy is, or they just know he's <laughs> not anybody because someone's asked Brandon and Brandon said like, no, he's just a nobody. But mm-hmm. I like not mm-hmm. knowing because now it keeps it alive for us to kind of go through yeah, and see if it, does, it is someone. It? Yeah. Doesn't close the door. Yeah. Well, let's let's dive into this to this program mm-hmm. that we have uh, slated ahead here. Chapter eighty-eight of Oathbringer. You were telling me that we actually have quite a number of episodes left. To we do I figured it out yesterday. And this we, journey we have, as of today's recording, today episode included, we have twenty mm-hmm. episodes left to record. Wow! To the end of the book, and we are on episode forty-six. So that means they're like it's a sixty-five episode season. Wow! So it's a lot of a, a lot of material. Monster. But yeah. you and I have chatted, and maybe we will try to start ramping things up. You mentioned that you are largely working from home right now to care for Linda, and that mm-hmm. you may have some mornings a little more available to you. So. It's, we're recording on a Saturday morning. Normally Jack and I record on a Sunday morning to, uh, uh, this is how the sausage is made. But, um, yeah, so, uh, we'll, we're going to maybe try to see if we can double up on some weekends here. So that'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be good. Okay. Um, chapter 88. (laughs) 
88 miles per hour. We are, uh, we're at 88 miles per hour with voices today. Mm-hmm. And this happens eight years ago, and I thought, well, is this the timing of the assassination? Eight years ago, six years was the war. Yep. Seven years. <clears throat> add an extra year, because when the book started, it was six years earlier. And it's been about a year and some. So, yeah, we're getting very close. So eight years ago is about this, is the assassination? It's, we're getting close. We're about six to eight months away, probably. Okay. Because wow. um, when we remember when Dalinar was assassinated, Ga- or no, when Gavilar was assassinated, Dalinar mm-hmm. was a drunkard. Right. And he's right in that, that, that sphere of time right, right in here. Vein. So, yeah. That's why I was wondering, as this was developing this chapter, I thought, well, how close are we getting to yeah, that event? I think we're pretty so. close. Okay. So eight years ago, Gavilar was starting to look worn. Mm-hmm. Dalinar was noticing in the, in the king's den. He's looking so old, he thinks, gray before his time. He needs something to revitalize him. A hunt, maybe. So, yeah, of course, because that remember Gavilar and Dalinar and that group of Alethi are mm-hmm. on a hunt when they first meet the Parshendi. Mm-hmm. So this little thing like, oh, maybe he needs a hunt to revitalize him. Mm-hmm. This is like a little foreshadowing that, yes, you're right, Jack. It is getting close now. They're going to start, they're going to meet the, the Parshendi soon in this right. timeline and then they're going to make a treaty with them and then they're going to invite them over and then that's when the assassination is going to happen so it is coming Dalinar didn't need to participate in the meaning his job was to loom <laughs> it's so funny as I was reading that because I was picturing him at like a like like a loom like weaving something like a... <laughs> yeah I think of loom I Your think job, of rainbow Dalinar, looms to... <laughs> I think of those like little, uh, uh, plastic elastic, uh, bracelets that my kids make rainbow looms. <laughs> yes. So his love, job was to I rainbow loom. <laughs> rainbow loom. Um, his job was to loom and see the blackthorn. Oh, sorry. Um, occasionally one of the younger men would glance up towards him and see the blackthorn there in shadow watching. Mm-hmm. So he, again, he's, he's more like, um, like a symbol now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he a is, warning. And he describes how the people are afraid of him. Yeah. They're, you know, he's just, he is Darth Vader. Like he's, he, that's yeah. what he is. Mm-hmm. He's, although different, but. Yeah. He saw fires reflected in their eyes and, and heard the weeping of children in the back of his mind. So when he's looking at them, so, so Gavilar is talking with the, with the high princes. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing fires in their eyes, is he just being reminded of the event with Evie? Like, yeah. Okay. Don't be weak, Dalinar thought. It's been almost three years. Three years since Rathalos. Since the event, mm-hmm. yeah. Living with what he had done. Wasting away in Kolinar, he'd assumed it would get better, but it was only getting worse. Mm-hmm. Sadius had carefully spun news of the Rift's destruction to the king's advantage. He'd called it regrettable that the Rifters had forced Colin action by killing Dalinar's wife and named it unfortunate that the city had caught fire during the fighting. So again, this is an example of 
just how to twist events, how mm-hmm. to make it seem like something else. Right. And this is what uh, Sadius was best at, right? Was the pol- uh, politicking of of mm-hmm. it, taking this. And, and at the very end of that, that uh, um, chapter, um, when Dalinar says to them, well, they killed my wife kind of thing. He already was right. like already needing to spin it himself, but mm-hmm. Sadius took it further and then made that the news, right? Right. Gavilar had publicly censured Dalinar and Sadius for losing the city to flames, but his denunciation of the Rifters had been far more biting. The implication was clear. Gavilar didn't want to unleash the Blackthorn. Even he couldn't predict what kind of destruction Dalinar would bring. Right. Obviously, such measures were a last resort. This is incredible. Mm -hmm. It never ceases to amaze me how... A king can have this dog on a leash, but yet be unaware of how much destruction there would be if you unleashed it. Right. Well, this is the, the story they're telling, right? <clears throat> right. And, and it fits perfectly with what happened because Gavilar did not realize how bad it was going to mm-hmm. get in Rathalas, no. right? But now they're saying it like, don't make the king use the Blackthorn. <laughs> right. Stay in line right. or he'll use it because even or he doesn't it. know what the Blackthorn will rot. It's, it's, I, I just find that whole idea just, just crazy. So mm. efficient. All it had cost was one city and possibly Dalinar's sanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a pretty heavy price to pay, actually. For sure. Gavilar suggested to the gathering light eyes that they light a fire in the hearth for warmth. Well, that was the signal that he should leave. Dalinar could not stand fire. The scent of smoke smelled like burning skin, and the crackling of flames reminded him only of her. Wow. Mm-hmm. Again, with this past that is written, what a way for a character. Like, talk about a bridge. For sure. Like, every time this man looks at a candle flame or a hearth. Well, remember, remember we said this. About, I know. In the previous book, when he mentions, yeah. I, when I was a young man, before he remembered about Evie, when I was a young mm-hmm. man, I used to love the flame, and now I prefer the, the heat of a sphere. Right? Yeah. Jeez, man. It's, it's crazy. It's been there the whole time. Sanderson was telling us, right? He was telling us books ago about this. So, yeah, it's really awesome. The scent of smoke. Dalinar slipped out the back door <clears throat> to, to, to get away from this, stepping into the hallway, heading towards his own rooms. He moved himself and his sons into the royal palace because his own keep reminded him too much of her. Mm-hmm. He needed a stiff drink from his wine cabinet. Unfortunately, as he rounded through the curved corridor, he could smell incense burning. Renarin was burning it again. Dalinar pulled up as if he'd run into something solid, and then turned on his heel and walked away. It was too late, unfortunately. That scent was her scent. Mm-hmm. Again, he's he's running like he, you know. He, so he tries to go home. Can't. He can't. Renarin's in there burning. Mm-hmm. So Renarin does not want to forget her. Right. Right. The the scent is a comfort for him, whereas it's completely the opposite right. for Dalinar. Completely opposite, yeah. Yeah. And we know how, like, powerful scents are in, like, for us and, like, you know, in our world. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, you smell something. Well, you have your friggin' cologne box. I have my collection. You, you have your box of old cologne bottles that you smell <laughs> I, and transport. I don't know when why I, was 13. I do it. 
Hmm. I, I, yes, I kept the very first one. I, yeah, I, uh, that's what I'm saying. And, that's I, what and, I'm talking I, and about. I keep a little bit of each of the, of the, uh, just so you can smell them. The scent, just so I can remind myself. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. I know. It's you got a, you actually thing. have a smell box, which is hilarious. <laughs> this is how I smelled over the course of my life. <laughs> All my <clears throat> different smells. <laughs> it's not something I'm proud of. It's just something that, that, that happened. It's something that I admit. It's something that I admit, and I did admit it's, it's out there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, okay, so that was her scent, but... So we stro- he strode down the second floor, passing blood-red carpets mm-hmm. and there pillared hallways. Where to go to get something to drink? He couldn't go out into the city where people acted so terrified of him. The kitchens? No. He couldn't go there begging for one of the, from one of the palace chefs who would turn and tiptoe to the king and whisper that the Blackthorn had been at the Violets again. Gavilar complained at how much Dalinar had been drinking and drank. And what else did soldiers do when not at war? Didn't he deserve a little relaxation after all he'd done for his kingdom? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, there's a difference between a little relaxation and, and, and getting drunk all the time to yeah. drown your sorrows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He turned toward the king's throne room. As the king was using his den, instead, it would be empty. He went in through the servants' entrance and stepped into a small staging room where food was prepared. Using a sapphire light, Dalinar knelt and rummaged into a cupboard. The cupboards were empty. Mm-hmm. Damnation. He found nothing but pans, trays, and cups, a few bags of Herdasian spices, and he fumed. Had Gavilar discovered that Dalinar was coming here and moved the wine? So when I first read this, I thought he, I thought that he was being... Paranoid? Oh, like, you're, you're being paranoid. But no, it's actually that. Yeah, but it was his kids that did it. <coughs> right. Mm-hmm. Sorry. The king thought him a drunkard. But Dalinar indulged only on occasion. Well, okay, according to the scriptures here. Yeah, only once in a while. I think it's a little I think it's a little more than that. Right. On bad days, according to Dalinar. And he has a lot of bad Drink. days. <laughs> yeah, a lot of bad days. It just it happens well, it's only on bad days. It's just three hundred and eighty nine <laughs> of the days of the year. Yeah. Um Drink quieted the sounds of people crying in the back of his mind, weeping, and children burning. Begging their fathers to save them from the flames. Oh, that one really got me. Mm -hmm. And Evie's voice accompanying them all. Uh, Like, I gotta say, it's just such a heavy story. Mm -hmm. It is. If you pause and and let the characters come alive and and just go through it a little bit. Absolutely. This, This thing that he's going through is horrendous. And we're getting an idea of why he wanted to do something about it and why he made the deal with the Night Watcher. That's what these, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. that's what these, like these new post EV, uh, flashbacks are. It's setting the stage for us to know why he did maybe that, he, why he made that choice. It's so funny how the choices seem to be, if he hadn't have gone to the night watcher, mm-hmm. it would appear to me anyways, so far, his choices were to be the wretch or the blackthorn. Right, or the 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 homeless beggar, which is what, like what you said at the beginning well, of the that, episode, and, and that's what I mean by the wretch because they yeah. des- they use the word wretch to describe the homeless beggar. Oh, they do. For, uh, okay, that's great. Well, okay, 
they use the word wretches to describe all of those in that area. Right, 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 right. Like they were wretched So that's what it made me think of is like, okay, well, this is the wretch. Like you're at the end. Mm -hmm. This is another abyss. You're, you're drinking, but you are teetering. Yeah. You're at the end here, Dalinar. So, so if he, if he hadn't have been able to, um, down sand or eliminate the, the memories of her yeah, and this event, I don't think he would have had the opportunity to grow. It's really funny what this story is doing to us because we kind of know what the last straw is. The last mm-hmm. straw for him to get sober and for to seek out right. the Night Watcher is yeah. Gavilar's assassination. Yes. And it's funny because we're like kind of heading into, you know, <clears throat> one of the, we're going to sidebar here for a second, but one of the big complaints about a lot of modern um, sequels or retellings or prequels in, in storytelling is that we yeah. already know where we're headed. You know, um, right. prequels, well, we know how it ends, even though we don't know how we get there, we know how it ends. You know, he's going to become Darth Vader. You know what I mean? Um, uh, right. like Rogue One, we know how it ends. The plans get into their hands because a new hope starts. You know, a lot right. of the, even like, uh, some of these prequels for the Game of Thrones stuff that's happening, like the House of Dragons, mm-hmm. we know how mm-hmm. all this ends, right? Right. And, and in this version of what's happening to, uh, to Dalinar, we know the end point. But Sanderson has made him such an interesting character mm-hmm. that this part of the, of the, you know, we're just going through the motions because we know how it ends is very important to understand the man in the future because we don't know how that man sure. is going to react now to all these new revelations in these new memories. We don't well, know so how, th- so how, that's an interesting point, right? Is that because from what I just said, and again, <clears throat> doesn't mean that it's that it's correct. But what I was just saying, uh, putting forth is that is that in order, his choices now are wretch and Blackthorn. Right. He he seeks the Night Watcher. Gavilar's death happens, and you're right. It enables him. That's to, his last straw. Then he seeks out the Night Watcher. Seeks out the Night Watcher, gets sober, and is on a new journey. That's great. Now, right now, where we're at now, right. He is um, bringing Evie's coming back. All the, the memories, memories are, yeah, memories are coming the guilt, back. The, shame. the Night Watcher. We don't really know what's happened to the Night Watcher. I'm kind of wondering if the Night Watcher is still around. Mm-hmm. We don't know. Really um, know why his memories have come back. Why that deal has stopped working. We're, we don't right. know. But. It's interesting because I guess my, my point is that traditionally it, things would be less interesting because we know the end result of something. So these flashbacks mm-hmm. should be not this interesting because we know where well, they're going to end why up. It's, well, uh, just to finish my thought, mm-hmm. it was, it was, uh, I think it's really interesting. You're right. Because now as a reader, we must wonder with the memories back. Right. Wretch. Or Blackthorn. Is he heading back into that, that, right. that space? Yeah. What's the trajectory now? Mm-hmm. Will he be able to maintain sobriety and, yep. you know, being radiant and a bondsmith and keep, keep the, you know, the keel headed straight? Like, All he has to do in this time period, eight years ago, is stand around in a room and look menacing. Mm-hmm. He's literally the leader of a world coalition to try to save humanity. 
Mm-hmm. The, the the pressure on him in yeah. the fu- in in the present is much greater than it is in the past, and he wasn't able to deal yeah. with those memories in the past when he didn't have anything to do. Now he's right. going to have all those memories flood back to him, and he has to literally be the leader of the free world. I worry that he's going to, um, with the memories back, he's going to become angry again and want to punish someone for it. And he won't necessarily be looking to himself. Right. It's going to be really interesting. I can't, I can't wait till all this stuff tumbles out of this book into your face. And I can't wait till you you, to see your reactions about everything. It's so amazing. Wow. Okay. Let's keep going. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Sidetrack there. Sorry, folks. Um, Rummaging in the cupboards, had Gavilar taken the wine? Well, as you said, the the boys did. Bad days, drinking, weeping children. When he was, when was he going to escape this? He was becoming a coward. Yeah, because you're running. Nightmares when he tried to sleep, weeping in his mind whenever he saw fire. Storms take Evie for doing this to him. If she'd acted like an adult instead of a child... If she'd been able to face duty or just reality for once, she wouldn't have gotten herself killed. See, that sounds like, that sounds like the Blackthorn to me. He's blaming her right now. Blaming her? Yeah. Yeah. That's the Blackthorn to me anyway. He stomped into the corridor, strode right into a group of young soldiers. They scrambled to the sides of the hallway and saluted. Dalinar tipped his head, the consummate general. Father. Dalinar pulled up sharply. He completely missed that Adolin was among the soldiers. At fifteen, he was growing tall and handsome. And of course, he wore a fashionable suit with far too much embroidery and boots that were topped with by silver. <laughs> That's not a standard-issue uniform, soldier, Dalinar said to him. I know. I had it uh, specially tailored. I love love that response because he's like, oh, I know I had it specially done. That's why it looks so awesome. That's why I look so good. (laughs) That's why I look so good as compared to you and these other guys in the hallway. Because they have no sense of style. Yeah. Because they have no sense. Isn't that isn't like that's amazing, right? I'm cool, right, Dad? (laughs) I love it. Dude, I just love that response. Um his son was he's like, oh, storms. His son was becoming a fop. <laughs> I love it. A, a dandy. Yeah. Um, Father, Adolin said, stepping up and making an eager fist. Did you get my message? I've got a bout set up with Tenethar. Father, he's ranked. It's a step toward winning my blade. He was beaming at Dalinar. Emotions warred inside of Dalinar. Memories of good years spent with his son in Yakoved riding or teaching him the sword, but memories of her. The woman from whom Adolin had inherited that blonde hair and that smile. So genuine. Dalinar wouldn't trade Adolin's sincerity for a hundred soldiers in proper uniforms, but he also couldn't face it right now. Father, Adolin said, you're in uniform, soldier. Your tone is too familiar. Is this how I taught you to act? Adolin blushed then put on a stronger face. He didn't wilt beneath the stern words. When censured, Adolin only tried harder. Mm -hmm. High life, bro. That's that's really an interesting, again, Adolin's character, 
<clears throat> unfolding at 15. Yeah. He's right there. All um, the, all the things we like about him are all right here. Already there. Yeah. To, yep. Um, sir, the young man said, I'd be proud if you'd watch my bout this week. I think you'll be pleased with my performance. So what I like about this is that when, when dealing with his father's sternness, he doesn't, he doesn't double down and try to fight him back. Yeah. He sort of communicates in the way. He calls him sir. Yeah. In the way that Dalinar would prefer, right? Right. He just snaps into Mm -hmm. what would be best, even though I am in a fanciful outfit, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I will, you know know what I mean? He just, he just, uh, I don't know. I I like that about him. I think it shows that his knee jerk reaction is not Blackthorn. Right. Because he could have easily bit his dad's head off in Mm -hmm. front of his other friends in the hallway. Yeah. He could have snapped back about something. He could have fought him. He could Mm -hmm. have fought his father as sons do. Right. But he didn't. He acquiesced and... I like what, he, what it says here. He tried harder. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. Um, sir, okay, Storming Child, who could deny him? Yeah, that's it. Who could deny him? Because he, Dalinar sees it. Yeah. You didn't fight me back. You're... You're playing my you're, game. You're playing you're, my game. You, it, you're standing there in that yeah. suit, but you're, but, you're, but you're playing my game. Yeah. And he's like, how could I deny him? I'll be there, soldier, and we'll watch with pride. Mm-hmm. I, I like that. Me too. That actually warms my heart because, you know, and Adolin just gave a little bit of himself to his dad. Yeah. Rather than fight him, he sort of gave just a little piece. Yeah. And what did it cost him? Not much. Not much. Yeah. You know? I don't know. I, I like the way that Adolin is handling his pride. Mm-hmm. Adolin grinned, saluted, and then dashed back to join the others. Dalinar walked off quickly as he could to get away from that hair, that wonderful, and that wonderful haunting smile. Gosh, like, when you're becoming this coward and running as Dalinar describes himself, I mean, Evie's presence is everywhere. Mm -hmm. You can't avoid it. How can you avoid your sons? How can you avoid fire? Right. How can you avoid your home? Mm Mm-hmm. By moving into the palace, like, so you've, 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 you've abandoned your home. You're not hanging around fires anymore. Are you then casting aside your sons? Like, how are you going to accomplish this? Like you're being invited to Burning Man, but you're just deciding not to go. Yeah. You're deciding not to go. And you're like, I've seen actually a whole burning city. I don't need to go Burning Man. I've seen burning (laughs) population. I think, I think he's at the other, the other party up North. Yeah. Um, burning, uh, it's snowman. I can't imagine, you know, having dealt with loss and then not be able to see or look at your children because they remind you of the one you lost. It must be excruciating. Well, especially to lose someone at your hand. Right. I mean, this is a, I'm talking more of like, I'm I'm taking what we just read and kind of making it like what we would deal with. Like, I'm curious... If you're listening and you, you know, you've had this happen before where you've, you know, you've lost, um, like a parent or, um, a, um, like a, a partner and you've had to deal with this exact thing where you've seen them in your children's eyes or your, you know, your siblings eyes, um, reach Mm -hmm. out to us. I want to know, I want to know, uh, it's, it's, it's gotta be excruciating and, uh, you know, we, we want to hear your stories. So yeah, reach out to us and let us know, you know, what's what it, it must be 
you know, normally, normally I ask people to reach out for like fun things. Like what's your, mm-hmm. what's your favorite rom-com title for <laughs> Roshar? And now I'm like, tell us about all your How trauma. How would you tell us some, some deeply personal, <laughs> yeah. painful thing? Reach out to so can, on so Instagram with your trauma. Um, but no, I'm, I'm curious because, you know, I've never dealt with that. I don't know if you ever, you've never had to deal with that, but, um, it would be deeply well, not, not, not super close yet, yeah. but I mean, th- these events are coming and already has in your family right. experienced one loss yeah. uh, in that way. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like for yeah, me, I mean, I for think me, that, like I don't see it as much, but I'm sure my wife, um, Tracy, um, she must see her mother in our kids. There must be something that Fiona or Nora does that reminds her of her mom sometimes because it's all Mm -hmm. like genetically, you know, uh, there, right? So like a smile or the way that she rolls her eyes or something. So I wonder, maybe I'll ask my wife and I'll, I'll report next episode. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, Dalinar is certainly not handling these memories very well. And obviously I would actually put it on put it forth rather that the night watcher was necessary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think you know? he's, I mean, he clearly, he was too drunk to do anything during his brother's assassination. Mm-hmm. So right. yeah, I think he needed to do something. You're right. Okay. So he, he heads out, he needs to drink now more than ever mm-hmm. after seeing his son. Yeah. Wow. So I guess seeing, seeing his sons is probably the most intense reminder of right. her. Right. So now he really needs that drink, reaching the eastern gallery of the palace, passing the ardents with shaved heads. It was a sign of his desperation that he came all this way facing their condemning eyes. Mm -hmm. So again, like he's going through, he's swimming through thumbtacks here to get this, you know, um, this bottle that he's craving. Yep. Um, I also like, I have to say this too, though. So there are people that are working against him, taking bottles away, making right. sure that it's not available. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet he's a, res- he's a resourceful individual. Yep. He's not going to let that, uh, get in his way. Right. So, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so let him out onto the beggar's porch, a small patio between the compost heaps and the gardens here, a group of miserable people waited for the offerings Gavilar gave after dinner. Some begged of Dalinar, but a glare made the ragged clothed wretches pull back and cower. So Mm -hmm. there's my reference of wretch, which I thought was deliberate. Mm -hmm. I thought it was just to indicate where Dalinar is going. He found Ahu huddled in the shadows between two large religious statues, their backs facing the beggars and their hands spread towards the gardens. That's interesting. Their backs facing the beggars, the hands of the statues facing towards the garden. I wonder if that's like a little symbol too, like you're begging, you're begging for food, but the statues are facing toward the garden. Well, it's like, well, if you're begging for food, learn, learn how to make your own food in the garden, like Mm -hmm. learn how to, learn how to, I don't know. Ahu was an odd one, even for a crazy beggar with black matted hair and a scraggly beard. His skin was dark for Nalethi. His clothing was mere scraps, 
and he smelled worse than the compost. Okay, so <clears throat> one of the things that tell me this guy is somebody. Uh-huh. What? Is anytime we have a description where someone's coloration doesn't match where they're they are from, that is a thing. We've had That's that throughout the whole books. Yeah. Like, oh, this is an Alethi, a man who speaks Alethi, but with Makabaki uh, skin coloration or, mm. you know, and mm-hmm. someone who speaks Makabaki with uh, Reshi uh, coloration. Th- th- mm-hmm. These are indicators that they are people who don't seem to fit in this um, culturally structured world. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. And this guy, even though it's very, very subtle here, you know. His skin was dark for an Alethi. Doesn't necessarily mean anything. He could have been someone from the Makabaki region, right? Mm -hmm. And he, his parents worked uh, in uh, uh, Alethkar, and then he grew up, and then he got to become an old man, and now he's a a Alethi, you know, because he speaks like an Alethi because he was raised here. So that's very possible too. But this always seems to be an indicator of something else going on. Of another story, mm-hmm. having uh, sort of the fish out of water kind, kind of, of thing, yeah. Somehow, he'd always had a bottle with him. Ahu giggled at Dalinar. Have you seen me? Unfortunately, Dalinar settled on the ground. I have smelled you too. What are you drinking today? It had better not be water this time, Ahu. I like how they just resume into a conversation. Right. So it's like, you know, he's had to come here before. Right. Many times. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, Ahu says, I don't know what it is, little child. Tastes good. Dalinar tried a sip and hissed. A burning wine, no sweetness to it at all. A white, though he didn't recognize the vintage. Storms, it smelled intoxicating. Dalinar took a chug. How are the voices? Soft today. They chant about ripping me apart, eating my flesh and drinking my blood. Mm, pleasant. <laughs> Ahu's snuggled back against the branches of the hedge wall as if they were soft silk. Nice, Ahu says. Not bad at all, little child. What of your noises? In reply, Dalinar reached out his hand and Ahu gave him the bottle. Dalinar drank, welcoming the fuzzing of mind that would quiet the weeping. Aven Bega, Ahu says. It's a fine night for my torment and no telling the skies. To be still. Where is my soul? And who is this in my face? You're a strange little man, Ahu. Yeah, what do you make of that? I don't know. That, uh, it, it that, seems that's like one of his cryptic little little ramblings. Yeah, there. it could be. It, it literally could just be a rambling. It could be like a nonsensical rambling. But there's something about this guy that just makes me feel like it's not. Right. Ahu cackled his response and waved for the wine. After a drink, he returned it to Dalinar, who wiped off the beggar's spittle with his shirt. Stormed Gavilar for pushing him to this. Again, there's the blame game, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yep. Evie, Not his your fault. Fault. if only you had listened. Gavilar, you, it's your fault that I'm mm-hmm. here. I have to come down here right. to this compost heap. Right. I like you, Ahu said to Dalinar. I like the pain in your eyes. Friendly pain. Companionable pain. Thanks. Dalinar says. Which one got to you, little child? Ahu asks. The black fisher? The spawning mother? The faceless? Moalak is close. 
I can hear his wheezing, his scratching, his scraping at time, like a rat breaking through walls. So this is the part that definitely tells me he's someone, or that I think that he's supposed to indicate that he's someone, because we know yeah. the name. We don't know who the black fisher, the spawning mother, the faceless. We don't know those those terms. But we, I'm going to put forth, it sounds like uh, being similar to the Night Watcher. We know for sure that mm-hmm. Moloch is the name of one of the unmade. Yes. So I'm guessing these are uh, also other nicknames for the unmade. The spawning okay. mother. Remember the midnight mother would sp- create copies? Oh yeah, the midnight mother. Sorry, you know, it, where that lost me is I, I had forgot that the unmade also seemed to have these these other names yeah. like it's like, like the, the it's like the heralds mother. right every right. single region of right. the of roshar has a different name for these heralds right so like it would make sense that the unmade have different names too mm-hmm. well so you're right ahu has knowledge of the unmade yeah he has voices yeah. dalinar has voices yeah they may have been through a similar journey something right something like i i i think i like what you're saying and i really like this idea that that um they could even share a military history here it's possible he could be he could be an old ardent too who just knows a lot of history do you know what i mean and a lot of the stuff he's um he's learned in his life he's just spewing out all this like uh, uh stuff right I like I like that as a possibility for a character in this story that that an, that a soldier as Dalinar is let's mm-hmm. say could get to this point of being a drunkard mm-hmm. because of all the horrors of it but maybe an ardent could get there too who knows too much maybe you who know? knows too much yeah. discovers a secret uh, no, uh, just in terms of knowing the trajectory he, of the, of the church. He or says the... something in this next paragraph though, that mm-hmm. it sounds like he's taking ownership over something that happened a long time ago. So he's either talking about himself having done something or uh, uh, who, us right. as a people did something like here, read the next part here. Okay, I will. Uh, this, and I just want to note here, just mm-hmm. uh, in terms of the text, I love that he describes Moloch, you know, scratching and wheezing, mm-hmm. scraping at time. Yeah. Like a rat in the walls. Yeah, oh, yeah it's so that. good. I have no idea what you're talking about, Dalinar says. Madness, Ahu says, and then giggles. I used to think it wasn't my fault. But, you know, we can't escape what we did. We let them in. We attracted them and befriended them, took them out to dance and courted them. It's our fault. You open yourself to it and you pay the price. They ripped my brain out and made it dance and I watched. All I could think of with this is he's talking about the spren. Maybe, maybe. And I really hope... That's that's a good theory too. He could have been someone who <clears throat> almost became radiant or did become radiant and then lost it and and now he's got these voice but but the thing with Moloch, I don't know, I don't, uh, mentioning the unmade like when he says I used to think it was my fault, but you know, we can't escape what we did. We let them in. We attracted them. So maybe he's talking like the royal we, like, you know, we as in history, we Alethi, we humans did this. Wait a sec. Okay, hang on. What if he's one of the, uh, um, 
What if he's one of the heralds? What about the people that like, you know, uh, abandon their, abandon their, their, uh, their swords? The, the oath pack, right? The oath pact. Huh. Because like this could be a character who, um, it would make sense if he's talking because about, he's talking about, yeah, he's talking about, we attracted them. We befriended them, took them out to dance. He's talking now, about like I guess the he old would be saying, Well, okay, hang on. I don't think I'm clear as to whether heralds had to bond with Spren the they same did way not. that Shalon is. They did not. They did not because no. they had honor blades, right? Right. right. And then, right. So and then not... Spren decided to replicate the, the powers of the honor blades and give hum- like humans, regular humans, the ability to fight with the heralds. Honor himself gave the blades to the the heralds to be his, like their cha- his champions or whatever. So maybe I, I got I, it wrong I, that may- maybe it's not the spren he's talking about. It could be a people or it could he be he's still um, talking about um could he still be talking about um the um uh, the unmade the black fisher the spawning mother the faceless Moloch is close. Oh, hang on. So you know, I'm we just can't escape what we did. <laughs> yeah, but we can't escape what we did. We let them what in. We, we attracted them, befriended Hang them. Hang on. What if he's, what if he's seeing the future? Oh, maybe, maybe he's like saying prophecy. What if he's seeing, he's talking, what if he's right here talking to Downer about what's about to happen to his brother? Hmm. We let them in. Oh, like the Parshendi? Yeah. It we could let be, them in. It could we be att- a su- subtle foreshadowing that the, the that uh, Sanderson is doing too. Um, I, like I, we we shouldn't spend too too much time on this, but no, I, 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 know, I like we don't know. I like the the theory crafting here that we're doing. I, mm. I I like I said I I'm I'm more excited to now read and find out what this is about because mm-hmm. I never I never would have picked. I just would have thought he was a crazy old man every other time I read this. Right. Right. So, right. But um, yeah, this is that's really cool. So he says all that. I like, my brain I like this idea. Made it dan- you know, you said a, a second ago, Sorry, what, if he's a, what if he's a, a herald? Well, aren't they yeah. sitting amongst the statues of religious figures, which would be the heralds? Yeah. 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 Huh. He's sitting between two statues. Right. That's really cool. Like he could even be sitting amongst, like amongst his past friends, his, his old D&D party. Right. <laughs> right. Like, huh. That's really but I, cool. But I don't, I don't really know. Like we invited them in. Who is he talking about? Are these like the heralds who are fighting against void bringers, right? Right. So I guess it always comes back to that, that there it's the return of the void bringers. I don't know. I think, I think we're onto something. I think all these ideas are, are viable. Like I think they all could be. Cause all I was thinking of with him seeing the future was Renarin's ability. Yeah. As a truth watcher, right? Truth yeah. watcher? Right. If he's seeing the future, he's like, oh, and then he's kind of but rambling, remember, he's drinking. Remember what we've always been told. What? Seeing the future mm-hmm. is of the void is bringers. Heresy? Is of the void bringers, yeah. Right. Well, what if that's, what if that's the part that's wrong? Right. Now, okay, clearly what we see as these red lightning uh, figures, you know, I'm, I'm no fan of, of them. And I really don't think there's any redeeming of what they're doing. <laughs> I'm no okay? fan. I'm no fan of them. I'm no fan of that. Okay. I have been a fan of the Parshendi and the Parshman mm-hmm. since day one, since yeah. finding out about them. Right. Just 
fascinated by them, you know, and that's why I was never really willing to write them off as irredeemable or, you know, becoming or painted as this, uh, you know, horrible thing that every single one of them is, you know, doomed to be something awful or something. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so okay, so we love clearly we love Ahu. We clearly. like Ahu, yeah. We're, and we're interested. Okay. Yeah, we're interested to find out who this guy is. We're, Sometime we're, later. We're interested to find <laughs> out who this guy is. Uh Ahu is this guy. <laughs> Dalinar says, Drink this, you need it. And Ahu obliged. Sometime later, Dalinar stumbled back to his rooms, feeling downright serene, thoroughly smashed, and without a crying child to be heard. He couldn't remember the trip. Uh, back up from the beggar's porch. He looked down at his unbuttoned shirt, stained with dirt and drink, and a voice drifted through the closed door. Was that Adolin inside? He'd come to the wrong door. Another voice he heard. Was that Gavilar? I'm worried about him, Uncle, Adolin's voice said. Your father never adjusted to being alone, Adolin. He misses your mother. Idiots, Dalinar thinks. He didn't miss Evie. He wanted to be rid of her. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That's the, I bet that's Blackthorn for me. Yeah. Though he did ache now <clears throat> that she was gone. Was that why she wept for him so often? <laughs> He's down with the beggars again, another voice said. Now this I thought was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Inside Elokar, that little boy. Why did he sound like a man? Because he's going to be a king. And it's been three years since your wife died, and you've probably not really been noticing the changes that are happening around you. And you obviously didn't notice Elokar following you. You think Elokar was there, like, watching? How He knows that he went down to the beggars. He knows about tonight's I mean, he's the crown prince. He could have someone following him too, right? Mm. Okay, fine. Well, someone, someone followed Dalinar without him knowing. Yeah. Maybe one of those Ardents. Yeah. Could have been the Ardents. Um, he was only how old? Uh, he tried the serving room again first. Seems he forgot he drank that all last time. Honestly, if there's a bottle hidden in this palace anywhere, that drunken fool will find it. My father is not a drunken fool, Adolin says. He's a great man and you owe him your peace, Adolin. Gavilar says, both of you, hold your tongues. Dalinar is a soldier. He'll fight through this. Perhaps if we go on a trip, we can distract him from his loss. Maybe Azir. Their voices. He had just rid himself of Evie's weeping. But hearing this dragged her back. Dalinar gritted his teeth and stumbled to the proper door. Inside, he found the nearest couch and collapsed. So, a couple things here. Um... The, his sons did not steal the alcohol on him. He had already drank what was there. Okay. Yeah. And he already drank what was yeah. uh, in the cupboards and in the other areas. And okay. now Dalinar earlier said, oh, Gavilar's looking old. He really needs something. He, maybe he needs a hunt. And mm-hmm. Gavilar is now saying, Dalinar's a soldier. Perhaps if we go on a trip to distract him from his loss. So another mm-hmm. little nugget here telling us mm-hmm. they are going to go soon and they are going to meet the Parshendi soon. Mm-hmm. So another little marker, which is really cool. Um, yeah. What do you, what Great do you think chapter. about this chapter? What, like, like what's this. your highlight? I think my highlight is our concoction. Ahu. Ahu, yeah. I think, uh, I think our, my uh, highlight is, is us. 
Is us? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think I think just theorizing on a who is has been a real delight. That's that's definitely my highlight for this chapter I, for sure. I find when I say that our our highlight is like if I say my highlight is me or it's you or it's, it's us. us. It's so self serving, <laughs> but it really is the truth. Like I re- I really like it yeah, when I, our when we're the highlight. I had I like it too. I I like it when uh, <laughs> well, and it all started just simply like when you said. There's something more to this character. I've I've always thought that. Like even when I and reviewed I just, it this time, I was like, this this guy. Or I, I I don't know if I've always thought that. I I think that probably thought he was just a um like a a, a madman. But mm-hmm. but we've had people be madmen who turned out to be something before. We have one. Yeah. yeah. Who's we have one madman. This is one drunkard. Right. Like and and we know the heralds felt like they had failed. Yeah. Like they had given up. Yeah. And like right. the, the, so, this time, this read, the thing that, that really stood out to me was when he was first introduced, Ahu mm-hmm. was an odd one. Right. Odd. I mean, we There's know that clue. he uses yeah. that word on purpose. Of course. And yeah. I didn't know He's he used that fellow. word the other times <laughs> I read it because we only picked up on it during this reread for the show. So yeah, yeah. it's, um. Oh, and small highlight, just hearkening back to that moment with oh, um, with Adolin try harder. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Very cool. I like that too. Okay, so let's chat a little bit about this delicious map mm-hmm. that we get. Um, it says, a portion of the sea of lost lights. Yeah. And as you just mentioned a moment ago to me uh, in our little, uh, little break. Mm-hmm. This is a map from Nas. Yeah, this is the same character who wrote a bunch of other places. You, you're the one who said um, the the handwriting looks familiar to some other things we've yes. seen before. That's and right. it's a very, very specific handwriting. I, and I love how intentional that is. Um, I didn't actually even realize who this character was until we started covering these books. I think it was Buzzkill Joe that's the one that uh, pointed it out to me in, the, in one of the oh, info yeah. dumps. But um, one of the things I want to bring your attention to is this at the very bottom, it says Thalen Sea. The Thalen Sea, yes. You see that? So that's actually the island of Thalena. So the, if you were to look at, let's say the beginning of the book and you were to look at the, like one of the maps Mm -hmm. of Roshar. So here I have it set here. Maybe you can see this in the. Is there Roshar at the beginning of Oathbringer as well? Look, just right here. See oh, there? Yeah, I see. Yeah. That's, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's the island of Thalena. So that's where Queen Fen lives. And yeah. this is the inverse of that. So all the water that's around this island is land. And this island in, right. in Shadesmar is a sea of beads. Right. So everything is flipped over. That's what they tell us in this chapter coming up here is that right. where there is land there is beads and where there is, um, uh, uh, water in the, uh, in our world is where the land will be. So if you see this here, you can see these little, like these little rivers, see the little rivers here in this yep. map, mm-hmm. the, that's actually the land. Right. Because any river, any stream, any pond in Roshar is going to be land here in in Shadesmar, which makes it very, very hard to traverse because there's way more water. Right. Then the, you know what I mean? So it's, yeah. it's tricky, right? It's so, it, <clears throat> or I should say there's way more land it's, on Roshar 
Then there is water. I'm not I, sure. I if just that's want to true, cover to some honest, of these but... uh, observations here. So, mm-hmm. at the very top of the map, it, uh, the, the 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 explorer or archaeologist or whoever this Nas character is, mm-hmm. I rode that mandra from here to Celebrant. Mm-hmm. So you owe me those silver pieces after all. So it seems like this map is like being. It's like th- it's like this map was <clears throat> used. You know, maybe even. Uh, created or uh, recorded, and then there's notes on here that are for someone else. It seems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're so right. it's like it's like it was passed on to someone. Like, okay, here's the map of this place. Well, one of this one of the parts here says, "I met Smolderbrand, and I stole this map from her." Right, Smolderbrand. Now, if you look just below that, it says Smolderbrand Channel. Yeah. And Celebrant, you can see, is it looks like a like a city or some kind of a. So hang on, is Celebrant like a Spren city? Yeah. Oh, that because we were, we we had this mentioned to us mm-hmm. a little earlier. Yeah, but now we see Spren like actual cities. map evidence of it. <clears throat> right, Ember Dark. That looks more like a large temple or something perhaps like that, a library yeah. or something. The Burning Gardens, that's interesting. Um, I don't know if I can say that right. Ravizit, Rav, is it W or V? It's W, uh, no, it's V. Ravizazouth. Ravizad, Ravizad. Ravizad. Spring, sorry, Spren fishing is illegal here, but their jail is nicer than most. In, in Ravizad, that's yeah. funny, but just okay. Come on, highlight just on this map to to the left. Come on, at the bottom. I hate this lake. <laughs> yeah, honestly, that's amazing. That's the highlight of the map just, for sure. I, that's the highlight of the map for sure. And then at the, the other end here at the the corner, it says "avoid at all cost" for the, ter- the caretaker, caretaker of laughter. laughter. Yeah, you know who that sounds like? Who? Wit. Hmm. And then there's a tower yeah. that's called Salomon, the third tower there at the bottom. Third tower, yeah. The one thing that we should uh, look at before we, we move off this is at the very, very yep. top of the map, it yep. shows where Kolinar was, which is where they would have tr- transferred over. So our group of heroes here right. is there are on this map. At the top. And they're very, very, yeah. they're literally away from everything with lots of sea of beads in between them and land. Right. Which yeah, kind of crazy. sets up what happens in this chapter here where Shalon has to come <laughs> up with kind of a, a way of being able to traverse the sea of beads. Okay, let's let's dive into the actual chapter. Do chapter it. 89. What's that? Do it. Do it. Damnation is what it's called. And really funny. I like Adolin's just insistence. He's like, no, this is damnation. I don't care what anybody, what y'all <laughs> yeah. say. Like, yeah. this is damnation. Yeah, we're here now. But we do get an excerpta. Mm-hmm. Um, this time it's from Hesse's Mythica, page three. It's the book that Shalon was able to acquire in Colon, our last, cha- right. last part. I mean, mm-hmm. we should, we, we should have seen this coming, that this was going to be the excerpts for this part, right? Mm-hmm. It's awesome. My research into the unmade has convinced me 
that these things are not simply spirits of the world, or sorry, spirits of the void, or nine shadows who moved in the night. They were each a specific kind of spren, endowed with vast powers. Cool. Yeah, very cool. Adolin had never bothered imagining what damnation might look like. Theology was for women and scribes, and Adolin figured he'd try to follow his calling, becoming the best swordsman that he could. The Ardens told him that was enough, and he didn't need to worry about things like damnation. I really like this beginning about a character who's like, I never really thought about damnation. Yeah, never really thought about hell. I, I like that. I, I, there's something in there that I like that is kind of like, nah, I don't have time for that. Mm-hmm. It's not my, not my thing. I, I, don't need, I don't need to be worried about that. Right. But now he does because he's like, I'm here now. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> I'm in damnation. Maybe <laughs> so I should have thought right. more about it. Maybe I should have thought more about it. Yet here he was kneeling on a white marble platform <clears throat> with a black sky overhead, a cold sun. An ocean of shifting glass beads clattering against one another, tens of thousands of flames, like the tips of oil lamps hovering above that ocean. And the spren, terrible, awful spren, swarmed in the ocean of beads, bearing a multitude of nightmare forms. They twisted and writhed, howling with inhuman voices. I'm dead, Aelin whispered. We're dead, and this is damnation. <laughs> But what if the pretty blue-white spren girl? Ooh. Yeah, what about Careful. Her? Well, watch yourself, Shalon. There's a new pretty girl watch in yourself. town. <laughs> so there's a pretty blue girl in town. I wonder if... Okay, never mind. Yeah, I was kind of wondering something, too. I wonder if you could, idea. like, hook up with, like, a, <clears throat> like a, like a spren. I, what I wonder is, I wonder if the humong, I wonder if hook is going to happen. If humongous is going to happen. Well, that she, they're, they're all the same size right now. I know they are now, but I just, I wonder if that could be made permanent. I wonder if spread to becoming, I guess, spread to becoming something else or to becoming, <clears throat> See, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's required wonder, Your musings are more like philosophical I'm, and I was wondering if any humans <laughs> could fuck any spren. That's what I was wondering. <laughs> oh, I was God. wondering more about doing it than I, I oh, like do spren, do spren, do it. You were going total alcove. Yeah, you yeah, went right to alcove. Yeah, I was wondering, is there all kinds of alcoves in Shadesmar? That's what I was wondering about. <laughs> oh, okay, gotcha. Um, I'm sure that there might be. I'm sure spren let's, fucks, let's, right? I don't, I don't, I Oh, well, do there's a place, not, dude, there's a place on this it, map Mitchell. that's called the Burning Gardens. <laughs> the, the Scorching I'm Flaming sorry. Garden. What Sometimes the, you gotta laugh at your own joke. <sighs> <laughs> what of the woman with the scratched out eyes, Adolin thought? Light exploded to Adolin's left and Kaladin's storm blessed, pulling in power, floated in the air. Beads rattled and every monster in the writhing throng turned as if one to fixate upon Kaladin. Kaladin, the spren girl, shouted, Kaladin, they feed on stormlight. You'll draw their attention. Everything's attention. Drahi and Scar, Kaladin said. Our soldiers, where are they? They're still on the other side, Shalon said, standing up beside Adolin. The creature with the twisted head took her arm, steadying her. This is a highlight for me. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, there's pattern and he's doing his job. Yeah. 
helping her along. He's like super committed wherever to her. he can. Yep. Storms, they might be safer than we are. We're in Shadesmar. Some of the lights nearby vanished. Candles, flames being snuffed out. How creepy is that? It's it's not These candles. Flames represent. I know they represent souls, people, right? Yeah, yeah. So as people die. Because yeah. they say later in this chapter, it looks like these lights have stopped winking out. So right, it means the battle the, is, is calmed is down over. now. And yeah, and they're just taking prisoners now. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Many spren swam toward the platform, joining an increasingly large number that churned around it, causing a ruckus in the beads. The majority of them were eel-like things with ridges along their backs and purple antenna that squirmed like tongues and seemed to be made of thick liquid. Beneath them, deep in the beads, something enormous shifted, causing beads to roll off one another in piles. Kaladin, the blue girl, shouted, Please. He looked at her and seemed to see her for the first time. The light vanished from him, and he dropped hard to the platform. Azure held her thin shard blade, gaze fixed on the things swimming through the beads around their platform. The only one who didn't seem frightened was the strange Spren woman with the scratched out eyes and the skin made of rough cloth. Her eyes, they weren't empty sockets. Instead, she was like a portrait where the eyes had been scraped off. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Adolin shivered. So, he said, any ideas what's happening? We're not dead, Azure growled. They call this place Shadesmar. It's the realm of thought. I peek into this place when I soul cast, Shallan says. Shadesmar overlaps the real world, but many things are inverted here. I passed through it when I first came to your land about a year ago, Azure added. I had guides then, and I tried to avoid looking at too much crazy stuff. She had guides. Yeah. Guides someone, through Shadesmar. Yeah, someone guided her through Shadesmar. That's really interesting. Smart, Adolin says. He put his hand to the side to summon his own shard blade. The woman with the scratched eyes stretched her head toward him in an unnatural way and then screeched with a loud, piercing howl. Adolin stumbled away, nearly colliding with Shallan in her... Her spren. Was that Pattern? That is your sword, Pattern said in a perky voice. Always perky. Mm-hmm. He had no mouth that Adolin could see. Hmm, she's quite dead. I don't think you can summon her here. He cocked his bizarre head, looking at Azure's blade. Yours is different. Very curious. Mm-hmm. Something different about Adolin's blade. No. Something different about oh. Azure's blade. Oh, Azure's blade, right. Yeah. Yours is different. Yeah. The thing deep <clears throat> beneath their platform shifted again. That is probably bad. Better noted. Hmm, yes. Those spread above us are the souls of the Oath Gate, and that one deep beneath us is likely one of the unmade. It must be very large on this side. So the one above the ones above them. If you remember the chapter when they first got to Shadesmar, were these mm-hmm. two giant statues, one black, right. one white, 
And like their cloaks, these statues cloaks were like kind of shifting in the wind and they were the two spren that inhabit the oath gate. Right. And this dark shifting one that's shifting in the sea of beads pattern saying must be one of the unmade. Unmade. So if Syl and pattern both can exist in both, then that means other types of spren can too. Ones that are trapped in devices and ones that are like the unmade. Corrupted ancient mm-hmm. spren, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fascinating. So what do we do, Shalon says? Well, great question. Pattern looked in one direction and then the other. No boat. Hmm. Yes, that is a problem, isn't it? Yeah, not having a boat through mm-hmm. these beads. And, and as it turns out, not easy to travel through the beads. No. As you would with a boat. Right. I really like Shalon here. I think Shalon shines in this chapter. Absolutely. With regards to Absolutely. solving this uh, mm-hmm. I this, love this what problem. she does. It's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. Adolin spun around. Some of the eel-like spren climbed onto the platform. Stumpy legs, purple antenna, wiggling. Fear spren, he realizes. Fear spren were little globs of purple goo that looked exactly like the tips of these antenna. We need to get off this platform, Shalon says. Everything else is secondary. Kaladin? She trailed off as she glanced toward him. The bridgeman knelt on the stone. Shoulders slumped. Adolin had been forced to carry him away from the battle, numb and broken. Looked like that emotions had caught up to him again. Kaladin's spren. Adolin could only guess that was the identity of the pretty girl in blue. Stood beside him one hand resting protectively on his back. Kaladin's not well, she said. I have to be well, Kaladin said, climbing back to his feet. How do we get to safety? I can't fly us without attracting attention. This place is the inverse of your world, Azure says. She stepped back from a long antenna, exploring in her direction, where there are bodies of water on Roshar, we will have land here, correct? Mm, pattern said, nodding. <laughs> mm. Yes. When a yes would do, input a mm. Mm. The river, Adolin asks. There, he points at a lump he could barely spot in the distance, like a long island. Kaladin stared at it, frowning. Can we swim in these beads? No, Adolin said, remembering what it had felt like to fall into the ocean. Into this ocean. Yeah. I, the beads rattled and clacked against one another as the large thing beneath surged. In the near distance, a single spire of rock broke the surface, tall and black. It emerged like a mountain peak, slowly lifting from the sea, beads rattling in waves around it. And as it grew to the height of a building, a joint appeared. Storms. It wasn't a spire or a mountain, it was a claw. (laughs) More emerged in other directions. An enormous hand was reaching slowly upward through the glass beads. Deep beneath them, a heartbeat began sounding, rattling the beads. Adolin stumbled back, horrified, and nearly slipped into the bead ocean. He kept his balance barely and found himself face to face with the woman with scratches for eyes. He stared, 
She stared at him, completely emotionless, as if waiting for him to try to summon his shard blade so she could scream again. Damnation, no matter what Azure says. He was certainly in damnation. So, first thing I want to say is, I know mm -hmm. that we had a POV from Adolin last, at the very end of the last part. But I am so happy that we are starting this part with an Adolin mm -hmm. POV. I miss mm -hmm. being in Adolin's head. I miss being yeah. with Adolin. He's yeah. so fun. He's, he really he's is. like us, right? He's like the regular guy. <laughs> he's like the regular fop. He's the fop. Well, I, I would uh, I would consider becoming a fop, but I'm not a fop. I dress terribly. I would if I could be Adolin, I would I'd dress fancy. I dress terribly. I'm terrible. No more t-shirts and joggers for me. <laughs> I, I just love Adolin, I, and I'm so happy to be back with him. And mm. and it's kind of good that we don't get like specifically in this chapter, we don't get a Kaladin POV. Because like I don't want to like don't. be depressed and like, I don't inside want that either. guy's head right now. You know what I gotta say? Um, I I gotta say a little bit uh, that Shadesmar is already so depressing. I find mm -hmm. like just just to, just to look at it. Yeah. Um. It, you know, you've got these lights snuffing out. You know yeah. what that means? The dark sky. These, There's like yeah, this dark all these sun. Seem to be here, like. I don't know, like describing all the spren within the beads. Yeah. Like what's with that? It's like they're, it's like they're drowning. Yeah. It's weird. Beads. I don't, uh, it, it's just too much. And then of course these massive spren rising up and right. like, it's just, it's, it's, it's the stuff of a nightmare. Yeah. Kaladin's POV here would probably be too much, too dour. So we have a very light POV mm -hmm. with Adolin to kick us off, which is really great. Mm -hmm. You're right. It, it is good because Kaladin right now, I just wish that, you know, someone like Shallan would just, you know, I don't know, just go up to Kaladin and say, snap out of it. Like mm -hmm. this, you know, this is not, we can't have you like this. Yeah. One of you the know? other things I want to point out is that fear spread <clears throat> look dramatically different here in Shadesmar than yes. they looked over mm -hmm. there. And but with similar thing, there's a similar yeah. There's um, like the there's component. like the little tip or whatever of yeah. this eel is what we see on in the physical world, but in here mm -hmm. it's this whole creature. It's this whole disgusting eel creature. So mm -hmm. it's really really interesting that we're getting this like we're getting to see a little bit more of the picture of what the spren are like. What do I do? Shalon whispers. She knelt on the white stone of the platform, searching among the beads. Each gave her an impression of an object in the physical realm. A dropped shield, a vase, a scarf. Nearby, hundreds of little spren, like little orange or green people, only a few inches tall, were climbing among the spheres. Just that imagery alone, it's mm -hmm. crazy. Yeah. It, it's in part, again, with the imagery of this series... I just, I can't help but side with animation for this expression. It's, it's definitely like a Miyazaki, um, Studio Ghibli style, you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. it just, it, 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 it is, exudes that for me. Yeah. I think, I don't know. I mean, I wish them well on any production that Endeavor, they are able to yeah. do, but, uh, but I mean the, for visual and exp I don't know, I just, I'm definitely siding with animation. Mm -hmm. Shalon pattern said kneeling. I don't think, I don't think soul casting will accomplish anything. It will change an object in the other realm, but not here. 
Well, what can I do here? Those spines or claws or whatever that rose around them inevitably, inevitable and deadly. Pattern hummed, hands clasped before him. His fingers were too smooth as if they were chiseled from of obsidian. His head shifted and changed, going through its sequence. The spherical mass was never the same, yet somehow still always felt like him. Mm-hmm. My memory, he said, I don't remember. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Stormlight, Shalon thought. Yasna had told her to never enter Shadesmar without Stormlight. Shalon pulled a sphere from her pocket. She still wore Vale's outfit. The beads nearby reacted, trembling and rolling toward her. Mmm, Pattern said. Dangerous. Mm-hmm. I doubt staying here will be better, <clears throat> Shalon says, and she sucked in a little Stormlight. She rested her free hand against the surface of the ocean. Beads stopped rolling and instead clicked together beneath her hand. When she pushed down, they resisted. It's a good first step, she thought, mm-hmm. drawing in more stormlight. Shalon, Pattern says, poking at one of the beads, perhaps this. It was the sole of the shield that she'd felt earlier, and she moved the sphere to her gloved safe hand and then pressed her other hand to the ocean and she used that bead's soul as a guide, much like she used a memory as a guide for doing a sketch. Yeah. How co- that's a highlight. It is. It's that's what she's doing, so what awesome. she's going about to do right now is just really friggin' cool. And the other beads obediently rolled together and locked into place, forming an imitation of the shield. She's painting. Yeah. She's sculpting. She's sculpting. Yeah. Yeah. Pattern stepped out onto it and then jumped up and down happily. Her shield held him without sinking, though he seemed as heavy as an ordinary person. Good enough. Now she just needed something big enough to hold them all, preferably as she considered two somethings. Mm -hmm. You, sword lady, Shalon says, (laughs) pointing at Azure. Help me over here. Adolin, you too. Kaladin, see if you can brood this place into submission. Like... <laughs> really? Awesome. Is this the right Come time? On, Shalon. Well, it is, you know what? It is. Because that's the slap in the face that I was wanting from her. It's like, Callan, look, we get it. You're brooding. We get it. You're the bridge guy. We get it. I know, but like, he's going, the poor guy is going through like the most crisis he's ever gone through in his life. And she's, <laughs> she just can't leave it alone, man. She can't uh, leave it so alone. so funny. Look. It has to be so. There has to be someone in Kaladin's life that is reminding him that that there is the present moment that life goes on, regardless of the hardships you're up against. It's too funny, dude. I'm I'm glad it's in there because it's hilarious. Brood yourself, brood this place into submission. Yeah. (laughs) Azure and Adolin hurried over. Kaladin turned, frowning. What? Don't think about that. That's did, even he funnier. Sure, he's he not even paying in. attention. Yeah. Yeah. He's not even paying attention. What? Don't think about that haunted look in his eyes, Shalon thought. Don't think about what you've done in bringing us here or how it happened. Don't think, Shalon. Her mind went blank, like it did in preparation for drawing, and then locked onto her task. You know, it could what? very well easily be both Shalon and Kaladin sitting on the ground being useless right now. Because Shalon yes. has gone through something major as well, these, this, you know, this last yeah. little bit. But she's somehow able to 
make her mind blank and just worry about the task at hand. So she has, in essence, put all of that, those musings she had with wit at the back of her mind. And thank God she can do it because these people need her to be able to do what she's about to do. But I don't know if that's necessarily the healthiest thing to do because she's doing what she always does, right? She's putting her feelings on the back burner for the moment. So, so it, it, it is something that I think is necessary for, for people to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you, you can't always be the victim of the way you're feeling in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, what I like, what Shalon has, I feel that Kaladin doesn't in, especially in this scenario coming to Shadesmar, she has all of her talents as well as all of her characters. Mm-hmm that she's created, uh, whether it's from self-preservation mm-hmm. or, or what have you, or yep. just, or to serve. I mean, at the beginning of the story, it was Shalon the thief, right? You became a thief in order to, you know, accomplish a goal mm-hmm. to reestablish your family's honor, <clears throat> let's say. But the other thing that Shalon is benefiting from here that Kaladin did not have as well is Yasna. Mm-hmm. She yeah, had everything, a great, everything that she's a taught. Great teacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The one thing that I'll, I'll, I'll say too, um, is that, cause I think there's a couple of POVs. There's this POV and then it's just this POV here, right? Yeah, that's right. So we I get this so, little yeah. POV here in the middle. So she's sandwiched by Adolin POVs, but in mm-hmm. this POV, Veil, Brightness, none of that mm-hmm. stuff come up. It's just nope. Shalon. It's Shalon here. Yeah. And yeah. We haven't had that in a very long time, too. Talk about we no, haven't had Adolin right. POVs in a while. We haven't had just Shalon for a little while. In a while. And it's yeah. kind of refreshing for Shalon to do mm-hmm. Shalani things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Shalani. Yeah, I it's just, nice to have her back, isn't it? I created a whole thing there, Shalani. <laughs> Shalani. Okay, her mind went blank. She's going to find a way out. Everybody, she says, those flames are the souls of people while these spheres represent the souls of objects. Yes, there are huge philosophical implications in that, but let's try to ignore them, shall we? When you touch a bead, you should be able to sense what it represents. Azure sheathed her shard blade and knelt, feeling at the spheres. I can. Yes, there's an impression to each one. We need the soul of something long and flat, Shalon plunged her hands into the spheres, eyes closed, letting the impressions wash over her. I can't sense anything, Halen says. What am I doing wrong? He sounded overwhelmed, but don't think about that. <clears throat> so is, is Adolin like Sorry. our Han Solo here? Um, could be our Han Solo. Can't uh, feel the force. force uh, sensitive. Yeah, he's yeah. not force sensitive. Could, could be. Could be that. Um, yeah, well, he's not, he's not bonded at the he's moment. Not he, he, he's not yeah, radiant. He's not radiant. Yeah, he's not. So, yeah, so I mean, uh, 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 <clears throat> Azure isn't either, but maybe she is. We still don't really know about I this character. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so maybe a- Adolin's just not attuned to this kind of stuff, which would be kind of Han Solo-ish, right? Yeah. Fine yeah. clothing. <laughs> that hadn't been taken out of its trunk in a long, long time. This is one of the beads that mm-hmm. Shalon touches. Withering fruit, or withered fruit, <clears throat> that understood its purpose 
decompose and stick its seeds to the rock. Swords recently swung and glorying in their purpose fulfilled. Other weapons belong to dead men. Blades that had the faintest, that had the faintest inkling that they'd failed somehow. This is a really, I really like this idea that all of these objects kind of almost have a, a sense of self or a bit of feeling, mm -hmm. lack of purpose or living souls bobbed around. A swarm of them entered the Oathgate control chamber and one of them brushed up against Shallan. It was Drahi, the bridgeman. And for a brief moment, she felt what it was like to be him, mm -hmm. worried for Kaladin panicked that nobody was in charge that he would have to take command and he wasn't a commander you couldn't be a rebel if you were in charge he liked being told what to do that way he could find a method to do it with style yeah this is huge it's, it's awesome right you can't be a rebel like that yeah so we know that at the very least drehi is alive he mm -hmm. hasn't died yet that's no. huge for us to know yeah because weren't you wondering, weren't you wondering what happened to the, 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 the men? Of course, I can only assume. So we know that Drahi's alive. Well, okay, here's what I really worry about. Mm. Um, now that we're, you mentioned it, mm -hmm. is Moash. Right. He's still, he's still out there. He's still out there. And Drahi and, and Scar. Who else was with Drahi? Scar. Scar. Mm -hmm. Two of the best. Yeah are now exposed to Moash. Yeah. He's, he could, he could easily take them out. Um, I'm thinking more recruit. Right. That's yeah. what I'm thinking. Now, now as horrible and, and sort of, uh, strange as that all sounds, mm -hmm. I just, I'm not going to put it past this story. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Whew, that's a, that's a <clears> tough one. <throat> Yeah, that's going to be really tough if we start losing more. Okay, Drahi's worries caused her to bubble up. Caused her own, rather, Shallan's own to bubble up. The bridgeman's powers will fade without Kaladin, she thought. What of Vatha and Red and Ishna? Focus, she thinks. Yeah, she, she, she sort of forgot about her people. They're in that city, stuck in there too. They're there too. Yeah. That's something that they might share. She has her people. Kaladin has his. Mm -hmm. At the very least, uh, Drehi and Scar are mm. part of this of this group with, you know, Vasha, uh, Vatha, Red, and Ishna. So maybe mm -hmm. let's hope that they can all help each other out because they're they're yeah, radiant. Perhaps. Their squire powers are going to last for a very little bit of time. Mm -hmm. They will fade, but they have them for a little while. So mm -hmm. I don't know. She brushed a bead with her fingers, a large door like a keep's gate, and she grabbed the sphere and shifted it to her safe hand, to her safe hand. Unfortunately, the next bead she touched was the palace. She held the entire palace in her hand. Mm -hmm. Isn't that awesome? It's really cool. Too large. She dropped it and kept searching. Trash that still saw itself as a child's toy. See, I put this as a highlight for me. Like. She picks up a piece of trash that still thought it was a child's toy. It was toy. a child's toy. Yeah, it could have been just been a broken doll or something. Yeah, or it could have been a a child's creation, like Forky in in yeah. uh, Toy Story Four. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, 
trash, you know, that whole thing. And, but it still sees itself as what it is, even though. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's a highlight for me. I love, I've always loved the idea of the inanimate as having a soul and being able to speak yeah. or have, communicate have or have or a sense of self. Well, yeah, I absolutely. am stick, right? I am stick. Yeah. Yeah. Big yeah. fan. I'm <laughs> a big fan of stick. I'm big. Fan. They, they call me a stickhead. <laughs> a goblet that had been made from melted down nails taken from an old building. There, she seized hold of a sphere and pressed stormlight into it. A building rose before her, made entirely out of beads, a copy of the Oathgate control building. <clears throat> she shouts on top of it. She held the replica in place as patterns scrambled onto the roof. Adolin followed, trailed by that ghostly spren, and Azure. Finally, Kaladin picked up his pack and walked with the spren onto the rooftop. Shallan joined them with the aid of a hand from Adolin. She clutched the sphere that was the soul of the building and tried to make the bead structure move through the sea like a raft. But it resisted, sitting there motionless. Right. Well, she had another plan. She scurried to the other. I just love that she had another plan. Yeah. She was going to try this first, <clears throat> but... Try this. She has a backup. Yeah. It's yeah, really I awesome. I just, it screams Yasna to me. I don't know. Um, the other side of the roof and stretched down, held by pattern to reach the, the sea again. She used the sole of the large door that she'd found to make another standing platform. Pattern jumped down, followed by Adolin and Azure. And once they'd all piled precariously on the door, Shallan let go of the building and it crashed down behind them. Beads falling in a tumult, frightening some of the little green spren crawling among the beads nearby. Shallan reconstructed the building on the other side of the door with only the rooftop showing, and they filed across. They progressed like that, following building with door and door with building. Inching forward that distant land, each iteration took stormlight though she could reclaim some from each creation before it collapsed. Hmm. Like, this is such cool it problem solving. Fucking really it's cool. very visual. <clears throat> the first image that came to mind with this is when, um, I think it's Bluto in Labyrinth, when he called upon the rocks to form a, a walking platform yeah, in, the, yeah, in yeah. the bog of eternal stench. I just, I just like the fact that she's emerging these steps for them to walk across. It's so awesome. Yeah, it's, it's so really cool. cool. Yeah. 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 I just, again, Shalon for the win. She's. Yeah. She's saving them for sure. Quite the impressive character. That's for sure. And complicated. Mm -hmm. Um, Shalon reconstructed the building on the side. They progressed like this. Mm, pattern says much emotion on the other side. Yes, this is good. It distracts them. Hmm. It distracts them, meaning, I guess, the other spren. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> spren they probably want to avoid. The work was tiring and tedious. Yeah, this does seem so for Shallan. Shallan moved them away from the frothing mess mm -hmm. of the city of Kolinar. They passed the frightened lights of souls, the hungry eyes, <clears throat> who feasted on the emotions from the other side. The, sorry, the hungry spren, not eyes. Um... It's been kind of hinted at before, like, like spren feasting. Fear spren, anger spren. Anger spren. They, yeah, they, but, but they appear whenever in you're general, though, they're, Yeah. 
I just it's the nature of spren is the is that maybe the is the issue I think at hand just the uh, the attachment um I'm I'm fascinated by spren and I'm uh, I'm really looking forward to more time in Shadesmar. I don't know mm-hmm. if we're actually going to get a lot of time in Shadesmar from this part 4. I mean, we maybe that would be cool. Might we don't know how long this is going to last, how where they're going to find their exit, but they're here for mm-hmm. now. Yep. Mm, pattern whispered to her. Look, Shalon, the lights of souls are no longer disappearing. People must be surrendering in Kolinar. I know you do not like the destruction of your own. I thought that was a really curious little thing to say. Yeah. Because some people you do like, like the destruction of their own. Well, we spren don't have to necessarily worry so much yeah. as you do about that. Right. That was good, but not unexpected. The parchment had never massacred civilians, though she couldn't say for certain what was happening to Azure's soldiers. She hoped fervently that they were able to either escape or surrender. Shalon had to edge her group frighteningly close to the two spines that had emerged from the depths. Those gave no sign of having noticed them. Beyond, they reached a calmer space out among the beads, a place where the only sound came from the clacking of glass. She corrupted them, Kaladin's spren whispered. Shalon took a break. Took a break. She corrupted them. Hang on. What is Syl saying there? Mm-hmm. Do you know what she's saying? Keep reading there. They're talking about it right now. Oh, okay. Shalon took a break, wiping her brow with a handkerchief from her satchel. They were distant enough that the lights of souls in Kolinar were just a general haze of light. What was that, Spread? Azure asked. Corrupted? That's why we're here, the Oath Gate. Do you remember those two spren in the sky? Those two are the gate's soul. But the red coloring, they must be his now. That's why we ended up here, instead of going to Urathiru. Sha'anat, Shalon thought. Said she was supposed to kill us, but that she'd try not to. Shalon wiped her brow again, then got back to work. We know that Ja Anat can corrupt Spren. That's what right. uh, um, Shalon figured out last part. And that she must have corrupted these Spren of the Oathgate so that the Oathgate wouldn't work the way people wanted As it intended. to for yep. Odium. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, Ja Anat was supposed to, well, not for some reason, Ja Anat was supposed to kill them when they used right. the Oathgate. But she didn't do that. Even though she corrupted the spren, she, for some reason, she would try not to kill them. And that's why they ended up here instead. And isn't she one of the unmade? She is. And she's the one that is supposed to be, what is it, the betrayer of them or something? There's like that's a quote. Her... There's a quote that, that Buzzkill Joe yeah. has kind of offered to us <clears throat> as a way of maybe thinking that there could be one of the unmade that that aren't like the others. One of these right. things aren't like, yeah, not the, like the other. Yeah. Right. So it's very possible That's that Jaw not could be working against Odium or yeah. maybe not against him, but maybe 
you know, for her own, for her own needs. Right. And maybe Maybe. keeping these people alive serves her better than killing them. Yeah. Interesting. Maybe so. Very, very interesting. It's, I just love all of the hands, if you will, that are in place that, uh, guide these characters through to their destiny, let's say. Mm -hmm. Right. Like if, if they had not, if Shaw not had not existed, let's say, or been involved in that moment, yeah. then the entire thing would have, you know, potentially fallen apart. Mm-hmm. But, but being brought here, it seems purposeful. And of course it's going to hopefully lead somewhere. Yeah. Really interesting. Yeah. Next, <clears throat> next year for Halloween, I am going to dress up in all black with white eyes, but have a really huge <laughs> knot on my front. And I'm just going to go as Sean a knot. Sean Anat. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be my Halloween costume. Sean Anat. <laughs> okay. We do get another um, POV here. Adolin felt useless. Well, in this scenario right here, I, yeah. I, I guess so. All his life, he'd, he had understood. He'd taken easily to dueling. People naturally seemed to like him. Even in his darkest moment, standing on the battlefield and watching Sadius's armies retreat, abandoning him and his father, he'd understood what was happening to him, but not today. Today, he was just a confused little boy standing in damnation. Today, Aelin Colon was nothing. Mm-hmm. He stepped onto another copy of the door. They had to huddle together while Shallan dismissed the rooftop behind, sending it crashing down and then squeezed past everyone to raise another copy of the building. Adolin felt small. So very small. He started toward the rooftop. Kaladin, however, remained standing on the door, staring sightlessly. Still, his friend tugged his hand. Kaladin, Adolin asked. And Kaladin finally shook himself and gave in to Sill's prodding. He walked onto the rooftop. Adolin followed and then took Kaladin's pack deliberately but firmly, and swung it over his shoulder, and Kaladin led him. Behind the door, the doorway shattered back into the ocean of beads. Hey, Adolin said, it'll be all right. I survived Bridge 4, Kaladin growled. I'm strong enough to survive this. I'm pretty sure you could survive anything. Storms, Bridge Boy, the Almighty, used some of the same stuff to <clears throat> he put into shard blades when he mm-hmm. made you. Mm-hmm. This is cool of Adolin, eh? This like is really this. great. This is definitely a highlight, is how Adolin is managing Kaladin. My my notes have a big bold letters, uh-huh. bromance alert, because oh, Adolin is totally. absolutely doing what he can here, not yeah. just to help himself. He's feeling out of sorts. He just admitted it. I don't know what's going on. And mm-hmm. Kaladin looks like he needs something too. So maybe we can help each other out right now by just chatting. You know what? It's so fascinating that being put in a really bad spot, each of these characters reacts very differently. Mm-hmm. Shallan seems to keep her wit and her, her sharp uh, attacks, if you were her verbal, uh, you know, ac- acuity. Yeah. Um, and, but also, you know, problem solves. Mm-hmm. Brings Yasna, brings the characters, task at hand, the artist as mm-hmm. well, and solves things. Mm-hmm. Um, Adolin tries harder he's he's confronted here with you know i'm useless i'm terrible yeah well then try harder i can do something there's something i can do i can help kaladin right let's be of use to someone right now right 
Um, and I love this highlight for sure. Bridge Boy, the Almighty, used some of the same stuff that he put into Shard Blades when he made you. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Kaladin shrugged, but as they walked onto the next platform, his expression grew distant again. He stood while the rest of them moved on, almost like he was waiting for their bridge to dissolve and dump him into the sea. I couldn't make, I couldn't make them see, Kaladin whispered. I couldn't protect them. I'm supposed to be able to protect people, aren't I? Hey, Adolin says. You really think that strange spren with the weird eyes is my sword? Yes, uh, Adolin, I thought that was clear. I was just wondering. Adolin glanced over his shoulder and shivered. What do you think about this place? Have you ever heard of anything like it? Do you have to talk right now, Adolin? I'm frightened. I talk when I'm frightened. (laughs) Kaladin glared at him, as if suspecting what Adolin was doing. Yeah. I know little of this place, he finally answered, but I think it's where Spren are born. Adolin kept him talking. That's a highlight. Dude, it's so good. It's all on purpose. Yeah. Got to keep this bridge boy talking. Yeah. Get him out of his funk. Um, Adolin kept him talking. Adolin... Uh, would lightly touch Kaladin on the elbow or shoulder and the bridgeman would step forward. Kaladin Spren hovered nearby, but she let Adolin guide the conversation. Even Syl recognizes the Mm -hmm. benefit here. Yes. Even she's like, this is good. This is what Kaladin needs. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Adolin, for being here. Yeah. Slowly, they approached the strip of land, a black stone like obsidian. Adolin got Kaladin across the land and settled him with his spren. Azure followed, her shoulders sagging. In fact, her, her hair was fading. It was the strangest thing. Adolin watched it dim from a lethe jet black to faint gray as she sat down. Must be another effect of the, this strange place. Or it could be that she's more peculiar than we thought. Azure could be something else. She's right. different. Her, her blade here is yeah. different. We, we have had characters in this story that are different from anything else we've, we've seen before. So mm. her strangeness could just be another, another variation yeah. of people. Okay. How much did she know of Shadesmar? He'd been so focused on Kaladin, he hadn't thought to interrogate her. Unfortunately, he was so tired right now. He was having trouble thinking straight. Aelin stepped back onto the platform as Pattern stepped off. Shallan looked as if she was about to collapse. She stumbled, and the platform ruptured. He managed to grab her, and fortunately they only fell waist-deep in the beads. The little balls of glass seemed to slide and move too easily, not supporting their weight. Aelin had to practically haul Shallan through the tide of beads up onto the bank. Shallan, he asked, kneeling beside her. I'm, I'm fine. It just took concentration. Visualization. We need to find another way back to our world, Kaladin said. We can't rest. They're fighting, and we need to help them. Adolin surveyed his companions. Shallan lay on the ground. Her spren had joined her, lying in a similar posture, looking up at the sky. Azure slumped forward her small shard blade across her. Kaladin continued to stare at nothing with haunted eyes. Azure, Adolin says, it's, is it safe here on this land? 
As safe as anywhere in Shadesmar, she said tiredly. The place can be dangerous if you attract the wrong spren, but there isn't anything we can do about that. Then we camp here. But, Kaladin interrupts, we camp, Adolin said, gentle but firm. We can barely stand up straight, Bridgman. Kaladin didn't argue further. Adolin scouted up the bank, though each step felt like it was weighted with stone. He found a small depression in the glassy stone, and with some urging got the rest of them to move it. As they made improvised beds from their coats and packs, Adolin looked one last time at the city, standing witness to the fall of his birthplace. Storms, he thought. Elokar. Elokar is dead. Little Gav had been taken, and Dalinar was planning to abdicate. Third in line was Adolin himself. King. Isn't that an awesome way to end it? Uh, awesome way to end that <sighs> chapter? It is un... It's, well, I wrote you dude. Yeah. I, I duded you. I duded you. That's what the dude was for. Well, okay. So, unbelievable ending to that chapter. Right. Gush, gush, gush. Mm-hmm. Shalon completely exhausted. Pattern is looking tired. Yeah. Asia is holding her little unique shard blade and yeah. is is tired and exhausted. Um Kaladin is is frowning and is and urging still to is move on, but obviously like, very quickly is like I can't like Adolin's like, no, I am in charge. Yeah. This is like the first moment he beca- it's like he becomes king. Right. He is, uh, now we've, I think we've had maybe a little bit of this from Aelin before where he's been <clears throat> giving orders and mm-hmm. changing the direction. Yep. Maybe. Yeah, he's definitely but done But I think, I think that this moment though, it just feels so poignant. It's just so Well, it's perfect. the realization that, you know, my cousin's, <clears throat> my cousin, the king is dead. Right. The baby is probably. My prob- father my, plans the, to have. Ab- the next in line, uh, little Gav, Elkar's son is probably lost. And my father was already planning on abdicating his portion of the throne. Right. Doesn't want it. That leaves me. Yeah. Could you have fucking imagined it? That we'd be here where Adolin is like, holy shit, I'm probably going to be king. It's, it's, uh, (laughs) honestly, that chapter, what's it called? What's that chapter called? 89. What's our title? I didn't get an alternate for this one. I haven't been. It's in called Damnation. Damnation, of course. <laughs> Damnation to be king. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's perfect. It's a good title considering his thoughts on the place. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Wow. I mean, no, I hadn't. I. I'm still kind of reeling from Elokar's death. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't set in yet. It hasn't really set in. Well, it, it seems so abstract and at the hands of Moash. And no one really knows about it. Only they know about it. Right. Like D- Dalinar and all those characters in Urethiru, they don't know what the hell's going on. No. So it doesn't really become real for us yet. No. You know what I mean? No. Um, <clears throat> what's your highlight for this chapter? This really cool chapter. Oh, boy. Well, I think, to be honest with you, it's... um. It's a, it's, I think I will choose Adolin and Shallan as the highlights. Okay. That's pretty much the whole chapter. (laughs) 
because they're well, because they're the ones they're the ones who get you through this chapter. Right. Calvin is still paralyzed, mm-hmm. which is really unfortunate. I really, I hope that we get to a point, to be honest, yeah, where the crippling of Kaladin Stormblessed from the bridge, so to speak, from the disappointments or the, you know what I mean? Like his sense of being a failure, like he's got to deal with that. Yeah. Like he just must. And, and like the story can't handle it too much longer. Right. I feel it needs to, there needs to be some kind of acknowledgement there where he understands or his friends help him understand that there's nothing more he could have done with Moash. Right. <clears throat> and the moments when you're subject to the weight of the bridge, that's when we need you most, Cal. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Like, he, he needs to get there where this doesn't happen to him anymore. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about that. Because this chapter, it leaned very heavily on Shalon solving the engineering, yep. the... The logistics and Adolin, you know, uh, uh, taking Kaladin somewhat out of the funk just so that he could get to the long strip of land that Mm -hmm. they're, that they're moving towards. Just that alone was arduous to get him to walk across. And then when finally getting there saying, look, enough's enough. We're camping. Yeah. I'm in charge. Yep. I like that too. Yeah. So, wow. I think my highlight, I mean, I could say there's so many things you could say. The fact that we get a true Shallan POV without any, um, without any disguises or, or Adolin's bromancing, uh, Kaladin trying to get him out of a funk. All all these things are good. Like what you said, how, how, you know, how Mm -hmm. they, how these two characters are are really literally dragging us through this, this area. But I'm going to pick something super subtle just to be a little different here. I think that Shalon having an impression that Drahi is still alive on the other side yeah. is really huge for us because it tell it gives us a little bit of hope for all the characters we left behind in Kolinar. Mm-hmm. We followed our main characters here to Sh- Shadesmar. More mm-hmm. than likely, we're not going to get a POV from Drahi, Scar, Ishna, Vatha, like mm-hmm. a Red, all these characters that we love on the other side. So to be able to see that Drahi at least is still alive gives us a little hope that maybe these characters can get out of that situation. So yeah, I like that a lot. I think that's really, really cool. You know what's really cool about ruminating about that, about reminding us about Drahi and Scar and the other three left behind, mm-hmm. um, Shalon's uh, crew, yeah her spy crew <clears throat> is that <clears throat> that group of five characters, let's say alone is like a new party. It really, if they team up, it, it is, you're right. It's, it's like, you know, it, I, I, I would be delighted mm-hmm. in the flipping of the next few chapters. If that's part of this part four. Oh, well, I, I wrote in my notes for this, uh, this episode that I really wish we would have got an interlude. Like we had five interludes last interlude group yeah. and it would have mm-hmm. been awesome to have an interlude from mm-hmm. one of the POVs of one of these characters about yeah. what's going on in Colonar just to know. Yeah. But I think, I think it's more powerful if we don't know. 
Right. That's, you know what that's I mean? probably true. Mm-hmm. We the, the fact that we don't know what's happening over there and all these lights are winking out in Shadesmar and like all these people are dying. Are those our people that are dying? We don't know, you know? Mm-hmm. So right. I, uh, I like, I like that he's kept it a secret, even though I want, mm-hmm. I would love. I want, I want to see how those five mm-hmm. would interact yes, with each other. I agree. I would love a chapter where it's just the, ten, the, the five of them. Yeah. That would be amazing. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Something about that I think is, uh, but if Sanderson's trying to keep it secret from us, what has happened to those characters, then he right. can't really write about it because it might well, be more, and that's why I depending on what we find out later in the book or next book, mm-hmm. even we, we might not know what had the fate of these characters for a while. And if we do find right. out what the fate of these characters are, then we don't want to know now we want to save it till later. So. Anyways, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's awesome. All right, so let's uh, let's get to the info dump. We want to thank uh, Buzzkill Joe for um, uh, uh, all the hard work that he does for us. Let's start with chapter eighty-eight voices. Um, mm-hmm. Tenethar is one of the um, Adolin's, um foes in his dueling past. Not very mm-hmm. important. Not the person he gets his sword from. So, not important. Um, he does. Buzzkill Joe does have a quick list here of who he thinks um, the other names are on that list of potential um, unmade. So Moloch was one of the names. And the other names that the, the uh, that uh, Ahu said was the Black Fisher, the Spawning Mother, and the Faceless. And he thinks that the spawning mother, like we kind of t- talked about earlier, was Ray Shafir, which makes sense. Ray Shafir spawns these like these duplicates of people, right? So spawning mother makes a lot of sense. Um, he says that Ashert Marn, the heart of the revel, revel, could be called the faceless. And he says the black fisher could probably be another unmade. And he gives a name here, and I'm not even familiar with this name, but there he sa- he gives a quote from way of Kings epigraph in chapter 67, it says, let me no longer hurt. Let me no longer weep. Die Gonarthis. The black fisher holds my sorrow and consumes it. So the black fishers mm-hmm. unmade Which name reference. is, yeah, is die Gonarthis. So it's already been named. Uh, th- so that's awesome. Mm. Thanks. We, that's, I, this is literally what we were talking about earlier, hoping that, um, that Buzzkill would have some information for us here. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So he was definitely talking about the unmade, which is really cool. Uh, beggar's porch seems to be an area where all the, the beggars go. And then he does have a little bit of, um, information here on Ahu. Aha. Uh-huh. It says, Ahu, an odd, crazy, drunk, uh, drunken beggar uh, Dalinar drinks with. With black, matted hair and a scraggly mm-hmm. beard, his skin was dark for Nalethi. His clothes, his clothing was mere scra- scraps and Scrap. he smelled worse than compost. That's the quote from this book. Mm-hmm. And then he says, um, he also says to Dalinar, have you seen me? And then uh, Buzzkill has a quote here. From Way of Kings, the prelude of Way of Kings, when Zeth is about to kill Gavilar, Mm -hmm. Zeth ran into this guy outside of Beggar's Feast. So we've already met Ahu before in the very first chapter of the book. 
And the the quote is, a man what? with long gray and black beard slumped in the doorway, smiling foolishly, though whether from wine or a weak mind, Zeth could not tell. Have you seen me? The man asked with a slurred speech. So this guy, this Ahu has already been in the books before. Isn't that fucking cool? That's crazy. So you're uh, saying at the very beginning, at the very beginning in way of Kings, pray, the way of Kings prelude that chapter, when we first meet Zeth and he goes to kill Gavilar, he passes a beggar and the beggar asks him, have you seen me? Literally the same words he just said to Dalinar in oh this, my in this God, book. That's crazy. Isn't that awesome? So this it's guy's amazing. been around for a little while. So awesome. Um, yeah, amazing. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Great. Yeah. That's so crazy. He also says here that Evan Bega, which was like kind of like in italics in this chapter is some type of slang, but he doesn't have any information on it. Hmm. And then, oh, so there is an oddity here. I don't want to tell you this, so I'm not going okay. to. It okay. is a it is um a musing about who Ahu could be, and I don't want to tell you because you know that's part of the show is you not knowing stuff. So sure. I apologize. So chapter eighty nine, uh, damnation. We have Azer's blade. Um, pattern says that mm-hmm. sword. Um. That is your sword. She is quite dead. And then he cocks and looks over at Azure's sword and says, yours is different. Very curious. So not a traditional shard blade. Um, Fierce Bren, which is awesome. Uh, we um, we get to see Fierce Bren, which are probably, um, uh, um, we, we've seen them in, um, in Roshar, but they are definitely different here. Um, it says, Azure says this quote, that um uh that Bezkill wants me to read and I'm going to read it for you. Azure says mm-hmm. this place is the inv- inverse of your world. Mhm. Not our world, but your world. Well, what does that mean? Does that mean that Shadesmar is not really the Spren's world? No. Azure is saying mm-hmm. that Shadesmar is the inverse of your world. She's not saying it's the inverse of our world like she's from Roshar. She's saying it's the inverse of your world, not my world. So what's the inverse of So Shades what Mark? I think what Buzzkill is getting at here is that he thinks that maybe uh, a Azure is not from Roshar. She's saying to Oh, that's Kaladin, what to take from Adolin, right. and Shalon. She's in another is, world, is, an other world or right. Yeah. Which we wow. kind of knew a little bit before cool. because of all her sayings. They're all like color related and they yeah. don't seem to fit. And she doesn't seem to fit in this world either. 
She's got a strange blade that doesn't seem to fit in this world. So yeah, there's a little bit more of a nugget here for us to know. Yeah. So that's cool. So thanks to Buzzkill Joe for all the hard work he does. And mm-hmm. uh, this was actually a really good one. Uh, so some uh, illuminating quotes here. So thanks a lot, uh, Buzz. Like we it. really appreciate yeah. you. Um, we uh, don't have a lot of time here. Uh, we haven't done our Patreon names in a long time. But what I am going to do, I'm not going to read the whole list. We are well above 200 now. Um, uh, we don't have time to, uh, to to do that. But I'd like to read at least the new names that we have here. Um, so if you want to be part of the Patreon team, you can go to patreon.com slash heroes of. It will give you a Discord link. You can join the conversation. There is... Um, Live reads that happen quite often now, and if you want to be able to be hooked up on Discord to be able to see Jack's reactions live, you definitely want to join patreon.com slash heroes of. So for right now, we will welcome to the Patreon team, Abraham Fernandez, Sherry, Louis Bag of Donuts, that's an awesome name. <laughs> I love it. Damian Kelly, Arlena, Ambrosine, Robert Kirk. Uh, Robert Quirk, Colin Gilbertson, Tyler Deckard, Siobhan, Mr. Ken, Jennifer Collier, Jeremy Kay, Alain Bircher, and I think all the other ones here are names that I've said before, so yeah. Um, so yeah, thanks a lot for joining the the team. We really appreciate it. Um, uh, everything uh, is here. Patreon has changed a little bit. There's now a Patreon app that I think that they are trying to kind of increase the social media-ness of it so we can talk to each other easier. If you guys are interested in doing that, we can definitely chat. Um, we can definitely get on there and have uh, have some conversations. Most of it happens at Discord, though, so if you want to part- be part of the Discord, go to patreon.com slash heroes of. If you want to reach out to us and talk to us you can do so at a several different places earlier in the, the episode i asked to share some of these weird traumatic moments that maybe you are experiencing have you ever felt a specific way about having lost someone and seeing that person represented in another person and it being hard to deal with probably kind of a cryptic thing to bring up and get you to share but you know what sometimes we have to share the bad stuff too with each other and uh you know we're here to hear all your stories not just the fun ones not just the the, the good ones but the bad ones too so um if you want to reach out to us you can do so at here's of at gmail.com you could hook up hook up with us on instagram at the storm pod um check us out on the reddit at the subreddit on the storm pod or the facebook page the storm pod so we're on threads and we're on uh on x as well but um the other places are probably easiest to, to get a hold of us yeah so that's it um dude next episode we're doing mm-hmm. three chapters no three nope i lied next cha- next episode we're doing two yeah. chapters two okay yeah very good and then the, the one after that i think is the one can i peek at hold the on. next chapter hold title? on hold or? on let me just verify this here i'm speaking at a turn now this episode's going on longer than i wanted I'm just chatting up now. I'm like, blah, blah, blah. The next episode is three yes. chapters long. It is three. It's okay. three chapters, yeah. So we will uh, we will get that done. And yeah, if you want to take a peek at um, at the next page. I already did. And what did you see? Did. What did you discover? It said reborn. And what is the little image at the top? I didn't look at the image. I'll give you sec. the image. You can take a look at the image. <clears throat> Oh God, Zeth. Is it? It is Zeth. We get a Zeth POV, bro. Oh, 
That is going to be so good. Yeah. I can't wait. Yeah, me too. All right, everyone. Wow. Uh, we uh, really appreciate wow. you listening to the show. We love you mm-hmm. very much. Until next time. Take care, everybody. The Storm Pod is brought to you by Heroes of. Music and theme song by Jack Forrest Productions. Additional music by Jason Moray. Produced by our wonderful Patreon team and the Heroes of Akathra. <laughs>